Hello, everyone, and welcome again to Board Game Barbarians, the show that we talk about board games and stuff together as friends. I am your host, Andrew, and with me today is my board game barbarian brother, Justin. I like how uh, you, you sound when you said and stuff. It was like uh, you were mentioning some debaucherous act. You're like, talk about board games and stuff. Anyway, <laughs> board you, had games to, you had to put it in there. And doing it. <laughs> That's what we talk about. And by it, we mean board games. Board games. Full circle. Yep. <laughs> Definitely not sex. <laughs> um, but yeah, talking about board games. That's what we do here. Having a good time. Uh, this Word. week. We are going to start off with some housekeeping, which that is, uh, we had a board game day in October. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Super, super fun, since we we missed out on, on in September, didn't we? Yeah, uh, we now we we'd missed September, and we had not actually gone to the store that we go to in Waco in two months because the previous time you would come to me. Yeah, it still counts though. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, it counts. Like we had a board game day. But this is the first time in uh, over two months that we had like gone to the store and hung out at the store all day and played games. Yeah, and my brother came with us or, or showed yep. up. He didn't come with us. He, he was just there. was there. Um, yep. <laughs> we make it sound like we just showed up and he happened to be in the building and we didn't do anything with him. We played <laughs> games with us. We just looked so at like him from just, afar. So we, like we were just like, hey, Don's here. Should we say hi? No, don't. don't we say kept it. our don't, cloaks don't. on so he wouldn't <laughs> recognize us. <laughs> We're in our Assassin's Creed outfit. <laughs> Anytime he, he would come by, we would just go face first into a trash can. <laughs> um, but uh, no, we actually got to play three-player games at a board game day, and that was oh my God. a lot of fun. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, what did we play? We played, uh, played Horrified, Conan. Mm-hmm. Uh, we played the Cursed Earth. The Well, you didn't play, but Don and I played the Cursed Earth uh yeah, Judge Dread card game. Uh, we didn't get to play Chinatown. That we was... did not. I was a, a little bummed about that, but uh, we also played uh, what was Don's game? Robinson Crusoe, I believe, is what it was called. No, Treasure Island, not Robinson Treasure... Crusoe. That's yeah, a different... Ro- wow, that's way. I know. Off. I was look. I was close <laughs> to the earth, from the Earth to the Moon. No, wait, Treasure Island. <laughs> Journey to the center of the Earth, the Treasure Island. I mean. Oh, it's uh, Independence Day starring Will Smith. No way, it's Treasure, oh, Treasure Island. Island. Shit. The, the board Common game. <laughs> misconception. Well, because Robinson Crusoe's on an island too, and I was just thinking about islands. Danger, you Will know? Robinson. Danger. <laughs> um. <laughs> I want to remake Robinson Crusoe <laughs> with Robbie the Robot. <laughs> was that that robot's name, Robbie the Robot? Oh, no. Robbie the Robot's from the Forbidden Planet. What was the name of the robot but from they look Lost the in same. Space? Um, I'm looking it up. Might be Robbie the Robot. They look <laughs> the same. Let's see. His name was... His name was... Robot. There uh, we go. The M3B9 Gunter. That's Gun- a, what a Gunter. stupid name. Gunter. It's me, Gunter, the robot. <laughs> yeah, I got it right. Robbie the Robot's from The Forbidden Planet, which is a 1956 film. Yeah, I do know. I know that robot, and I know that film. Although I've never seen it, it's just—it's a very famous sci-fi uh, uh, iconography uh, kind of thing. So yeah, no. It would probably about. be be perceived as boring nowadays. Yeah, the robot from Lost in Space is just called a robot. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. They were they, they it was early sci-fi days, okay? They could get oh, away man. with just calling a robot robot. There weren't enough robots <laughs> that you had to differentiate them at the time. Come they're just on, like that's robot. <laughs> they're just like that's the robot and that's the spaceship and this is the planet and that's how they To be fair, <laughs> Robbie the show. Robbie the robot's a pretty boring robot name also. <laughs> It's better than robot. That's like, true. What's anyway, we're name? way Human. off track. <laughs> I want to say, <laughs> we, we played, because you did a whole episode on Horrified already, and I wasn't there for it, uh, and I did want to um, say that uh, I, I did also play it, and I liked it. I thought it was a fun game. Yeah, it was a, it was a lot of fun, uh, and as we repeated multiple times, uh, it, was a, it was a nice break um, from just a heavy board game, heavy miniature it's board a, game. It's a good, um, I feel like there's this weird category of board games that it falls into where I wouldn't really call it like a light game, you know, um, but it's it's not, certainly I wouldn't say it's like a medium weight game. Uh, it's kind of one of those games that's uh, a little, it's a little more advanced than like Sorry or something, uh, but it's still a little less advanced than something like Catan, you know, it's kind of that weird light. middle ground. Yeah, medium light. Yeah. There you go. It's, uh, it's, like, it's like a brunch. It's not breakfast or lunch. It's a brunch game. Yeah, it's a brunch game. <laughs> and, uh, it was pretty fun and thematic, and I I, I enjoyed it, and uh, uh, I liked the pieces, and it was I honestly I went into it being like, yeah, I'll play it. I'm not excited about it though, but it was it was a pretty fun game. I, I liked that um, killing all the different enemies required different stuff because that was my fear is you're gonna go in there and it's like well i got five kill the monster cards so i kill the monster but it's not <laughs> like all the monsters you have to do right. really different things and i thought that that brought a lot of uh, dynamism to the game that that otherwise because a lot of games in that like light board game space where you're fighting a monster it's like well you just show up and you kill it oh well how do we kill that monster it's totally different you show up and you kill it you know <laughs> with the uh, gun so I, I, <laughs> just each monster yeah we got that all right with the gun uh-huh <laughs> but then we uh what was it we finished it every everything off with a two-player game of conan because my brother had to leave yes conan and you got to play conan this time um, yeah it occurred to me we because we've had the game for God, six months now maybe yeah. more and i had never played as the heroes i had never played as the heroes yep but now and you did, was, and I was, played uh, the villains. We did also get to play, I think it's in the Kitai expansion. It's a map where you're climbing a tower, uh, which for people that aren't Conan fans or Robert E. Howard fans, uh, one of the most famous Conan stories is Conan climbing a tower. Uh, it's the Tower of the Elephant. It's it's one of the most super-duper famous ones that he wrote. Um, So, like... It, it sounds really, like, dumb to say, but, like, climbing a tower is very iconically Conan. So I was excited right. to play that particular scenario. Well, because that's also in the movie. You know? The movie's like he climbs a tower in the movies. and Yeah, like climbing a tower is like... That's first, all he first does. He's, he's, he's a barbarian first, okay, yeah. right? But then he no, also he climbs like, towers. That's tower like his second. second. <laughs> yeah. If he was majoring in, in barbarism in college, his minor would be tower climbing. That would Barbarism. Be Wouldn't that make him yeah. a barber? So he's a barber first. A yeah, he bar is a barber also. I don't know if you knew this about Conan. He's a barber. Um, I, I didn't like the, the tower scenario too. Like, I thought it was fine, but as the, the villain, for one, you're not... It's not a positive, or there's no there's no pluses for you trying to seek out the heroes just because it thins out your guys, right? It, um, well, I, and thematically, I, also, you're not really a, you're not you don't know they're there technically, yeah. So it, it's a we it was a weird sneaking mission. It was kind of supposed to be. I didn't play like that. I just ran in the front door and started lopping yeah. people's heads off. 
Um, I mean, it's also hard to be a sneaking mission when all the bad guys keep hearing loud, loud, <laughs> downstairs the whole time. It makes you just made me think of. I know it's totally off track. I've been playing Outer Worlds, and one of the companions is a robot. And when you start mm-hmm. sneaking, he just goes engaging quiet mode, <laughs> and then just stomps around normally like he's no quieter. It's what it made me think of that. <laughs> That's what you did. <laughs> uh, but I, I really enjoyed playing as the heroes, and I, I did. I feel like every time we play Conan, every time we're like, man, I don't see how the heroes are going to win this. I don't see how they're, gonna, they're not going to win this one. And even in this one, I, I was kind of bummed out because I was like, man, my first time playing the heroes, and I'm definitely going to lose. And even you were kind of like, yeah, you're definitely going to lose. And I didn't. But you didn't know. You, you, you uh, picked one of your guys died. Uh, yeah, it it was not. It was um, was it Conan that died? No, it was uh, whoa, was I forget the guy's name. He's the Kitai expansion. The Kitai guy, but again, it was pretty cool. Shavataz, who never in our games takes really any damage, and is really the hero of all of the stories that we ever play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh Shavitas the thief made it to then conan barely made it to then and i think he scored the final blow i think i just threw all of his crystals into um yeah. murderizing which is his special ability and just murderized and everything. i was disappointed because i only got to use the villain's ability once yeah well to be fair you just kind of swing him around a corner into some melee and you're like all right you know and so yeah i just well, i did, I did some damage <laughs> yeah um but it, it was uh I, I, I every time we play that game, it's like, man, I don't see how the hero's gonna win it. And then when the heroes do lose, you're like, ah, oh, well, it was a good try. But when the heroes win, you're like, oh man, that it's just it. It's I don't own a game, nor have I played a game that introduces as much tension as Conan. Like every sing, and we said it before, and I don't want to keep harping on it, but I'm just so excited <laughs> about it. Every single scenario we play is just for, from the minute you start, it's just so tense. Uh, and I just love the amount of tension the game can inject. And it's not um, aggressive tension because some games introduce tension where it's aggressive because you're head to head. But because this is more like a player in sort of a DM kind of character, uh, even though the the person controlling the bad guys does still want to win, um, it, it makes it just feel less intentionally aggressive. Does that make sense? Am I making yeah. any sense or am I just rambling about Conan some more? It makes it makes sense to me. I do want to mention for anyone since we talk about it so much, um, anyone in the U.S. Uh, that Conan is still available on Amazon. Oh yeah, it's still there. Uh, you cannot get Nordheim, which was previously hard to find and has become hard to find again. Um, but I believe have, uh, Kitai Sti- and Stygia are still easily available. We Go had ahead. St- we got Stygia, didn't we? We have all of them. We have all yeah. the expansions. Okay. Because we're insane. We're insane, people, which leads me into our news, unless you have more for your week. Mm, No, uh, um, I did board game day. I've played some Magic the Gathering. Um, I'm kind of sort of trying to get back into that a little bit, but without buying anything. So I'm kind of playing around with what I have and and, uh, messing around with some decks. Are we still on the defensive on whether or not we're going to create a... uh, Oh yeah, the new the new set has come out since our last show, um, mm. uh, Throne of Eldraine, and I've heard from 
and this is just me, I, I haven't looked at like any professional reviews or, or people that do Magic the Gathering content, their assessment of it, but just people I personally know have been like, yeah, the draft environment's not great because we were going to build a set cube because we were yeah. excited about the theme and we we're like, man, I want to have a cube of that so we can play draft Throne of Eldraine whenever we want. And I've heard the draft environment is very grindy and slow and uh, not super great. So we might hold off and and wait for the final verdict on that particular and endeavor. Some of that no- news is is from you guys that listen to the show. I don't know if you want me to say your your <laughs> usernames on the yeah, show, I guess, so I won't. But I mean, it's a public Discord, so I assume you I, could I say their, so. their yeah. public Discord username if you remember it. But it's, <laughs> yeah. um, I, I'm also working on building a. This isn't a thing, but I'm making it a thing. A, a two person cube. Uh, which is basically a big stack of magic cards that you just shuffle and you split in half and you both build decks. But I'm using um, uh, uh, what's called uh, power cards in, in magic. I have like a Black Lotus and, and you know, the full power nine. And because and, I, I have uh, proxy cards, like um, mm-hmm. semi-professionally printed proxy cards for all of those. And I would just like to have a way where I could kind of relive that early 90s feel of like just opening a pack of weird old magic cards and building kind of a crappy deck out of this stack of stuff you have but it also includes things like you know uh black lotus and and uh candelabra of tanos and, and yeah so and, like insane uh, you know. cards yeah yeah but then <laughs> but back then they weren't insane there's just stuff that people had so right. i'm i'm working on making that a thing so like when you and i play uh we can kind of uh relive that that weird janky early years of magic kind of thing just with a stack of cards that we cut in half build a deck and then play with and uh for anyone it was uh yeah kryptonic was the one that told us that the yeah um that it was not s- so fantastic new set was not great and if you didn't like me saying your name on the show uh, you can either a grow a beard and move, fine, doesn't... <laughs> or uh, you can just let me know and I'll edit the show and re-upload it. I don't care. Yeah. Um. But yeah. But so yeah. That's that's all I have. Sorry. I'm, news. I'm uh, they they did announce Monolith is going to punish us some more with another Conan uh, Kickstarter. Oh it's boy. Slated for January, uh, where it's all pirate themed. Pi- now piratey... I. Yeah, uh, I, I I did. I was on their Facebook tonight and they were saying because people were like, hey, are you going to have a pledge for people that already have all the retail Conan stuff and just want what's new? And they're like, yeah, but then it, it's hard because they are a French company and they their English isn't spectacular. I mean, um, that's what they did with Batman. <clears throat> right. Which is. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm not complaining about that. Uh, um, what I don't understand is. Uh, they're they're like oh yeah this is for our new conan versus mode it's in our new whatever their their monolith beyond the monolith system they're making yeah. and they're like yes yeah, it's, it's going to be you know our first module for that and and but in my head i'm like it is is it still regular conan or is it now your new thing and their language isn't exactly super clear on that so i'm a little well, nervous about that because wasn't their new thing going to be integrating all their other systems <laughs> so that way you could play with it all together their new thing beyond i think it's called beyond the monolith or i believe but it's basically a unified miniatures system using their games and their stuff so that you can play with them all together but the way they're wording this conan thing makes it sound like because the way that sounds is like all right we released more conan and more batman and obviously you can use them in our unified system with our separate unified rules that brings it all together but the way they make it sound is they're like no we're releasing content specific for this new system but then in my head, I'm like, does that, that preclude the previous system? Oh my god, that would be so. 
that would be very would, irritating and i don't think they would do it that way. i would hope to god they wouldn't do it that way i don't either but to be fair they have made some weird they've had some weird business decisions before as we've covered so i and i'm not being i'm not trying to like shit on them uh, i'm gonna give them another saying, chance you know. i'm gonna give them a chance to, to clear, I, clear it up <laughs> <laughs> um, but they're also introducing versus mode into Conan, which sounds really fun too. Uh, which is so what they I'm, had. They had that in Batman. We just haven't played it right. yet. Um, so I'm 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 excited. I'm a little. I think it's. I, it really seems like it's just that their language isn't really clear because whoever's doing their Facebook posts and stuff doesn't speak great English. Um, and it's it's led to some because they're very responsive. People are like oh, I was gonna have blank and they respond. But the, just the the language they use is, is kind of weird and, and fuzzy in it. Yeah. You know, and it's probably just the skeptic in me. I'm sure it's fine. But I did want to mention that so that if it does happen, I can be like, I told you. Ha, told look you, at Andrew. episode nine when we talked about <laughs> Rue. I told you about it back yeah, in I the day. I was correct. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, which cat's out of the bag. Uh, we're talking about Root this week or this month or this time. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, so Root uh, actually started on. Uh, oh, I'm looking at the news. Sorry. Uh, started on, what? No, <laughs> on Kickstarter. Kickstarter. Uh, originally funded yeah. in October 2017, um, and that is when it was completed. When did you actually receive your copy? Um, I bought mine early this year. Did you? I thought you got it. I thought you kickstarted it. No, 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 no. It came oh, out okay. and it was because I don't kickstart games. Um, it came out and Except it was the expansion. I did kickstart the expansion. Yeah, that was the first uh, board game that I kickstarted. Oh, okay. Uh, oh no, I take it back. I did uh, kickstart a little card game. It was like a fifteen dollar card game that looked fun. Um, and I have that. Uh, I've kickstarted that, but it was cheap. Okay. I've not kickstarted like a big board game ever because I'm not in, insane. Okay, and, so you um, got. So you don't know when it actually... So according to their website, it shipped in 2018. Yeah, Um, it came out in 2018, and it was all the hot shit. Everyone was going crazy for it, and it was sold out across the board everywhere for months. And I kind of followed it, but it was was so desperately sold out for so long that I just stopped following it, and then all of a sudden one day it was like, hey, it's available on Amazon, and I just ordered it. So it might have been late 2018, definitely by early 2019 I had the game. If you don't mind me asking, how much did you pick it up for on Amazon? Oh, I got retail. Uh, so the base game I want to say was I, I, I either fifty or sixty, and the expansion was either thirty or forty. Um, and t- so, but basically, after card sleeves and everything, I was at a hundred bucks for the base game and the expansion. I'll talk about it later, but you can't. I couldn't find it online now for less than a hundred dollars. Basically, oh yeah, it's itself. not. It's yeah. it's out again. It's coming back. Leader Games is good about reprints, um, but I think right now all of their their uh, gears are working toward uh, Kickstarter fulfillment because. The yeah. latest Kickstarter for the uh, second expansion also included uh, base game purchasing stuff. So I think they're just kind of funneling all that into their Kickstarter. Yeah, also, that, they just had their RPG. Their RPG, uh, yeah, which we'll talk yeah, about. So, um, yeah. so the the original Kickstarter had four levels. There was a $5 pledge for retailers where they would be contacted later. Uh, a $60 base, base pledge that included all the stretch goals. And then there were $200 pledges that I didn't... It looked like they both came with different art prints and i'm kind of confused why they had two separate hundred dollar pledges <laughs> i um, do not know yeah that was weird uh but there were expansions the river folk or sorry yeah river folk expansion uh, was a stretch goal for the original kickstarter which i guess you got mm-hmm. with your whenever you purchased it and and river folk really feels like 
Riverfolk is is like um, an honorary part of the base game. And yeah. this is the thing a lot of Kickstarter games do. Where they're like, here's this new game and an expansion. And you're like, well, hey, wait a minute. I thought an expansion was like stuff you make later to add to a game that is selling well. No, no, no. It's the thing that we make now when the game launches. And you well, can buy it also. You know, it's basically, uh, I feel like that's kind of the equivalent of the season pass for a video game whenever it right. first launches. Which, but to be fair, I also disagree with that. Yeah. I think that's, I, you know, so don't get me wrong. I, I'm not, I'm not giving those people a pass. I also think that's shitty and don't like it. <laughs> But especially in Root, like the the base manual talks about the the expansion characters and stuff, um, because it, it was just cheaper to print one base game, yeah, you know, and then have less materials for the expansion. But the the expansion is very much you can play the game without the expansion, totally fine, because all the care all the factions are so different and asymmetrical that you don't require the two in the expansion to enjoy the game whatsoever. But it really feels like they're like, yeah. But you should you should get the expansion. It it felt very necessary. Yeah, uh, I'll say. And I mean, I, I to speak on the River Folk, which I'm sure we'll get into it. I, I really enjoyed that. Was was there anything else that came with that expansion? But I guess there was the automated cat marquee. Uh, yeah, the the uh, uh, automated cats, uh, uh, and then there was the uh, the lizard cult and yeah, the the um, the otters, the the what you call them, the, the River Folk. Um, River folk, yeah, uh, and and yeah. So the, the, that was all that came in the box, and uh, it was the same physical size as the original box. And this it, root is a, I'll give them credit where credits due. A lot of board games have a lot of air in them. This one is like packed top to bottom, <laughs> end to end with stuff in the box. Like when you open it, you're like, how am I going to get it back in? It's like a 15 pound <laughs> box that's tiny. Jeez. Um, but th- yeah, yeah, that, that's all that came with it. <laughs> I feel like uh, to to kind of talk about it for a second. I feel like they need to uh, the boxes that we buy that are basically just tackle boxes. Uh, yeah. Um, I feel like they need to realize that board game people are using those and just have a second market that fits a square box. <laughs> I don't want them to, and here's why: because they'll do that, and it'll they'll cost four price. times as much. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Exactly that. I I uh, uh, I love the that the fishing industry has no idea how much board game accessory they've supplied to me. I'm I'm very happy with that ignorance. Yeah. <laughs> they're just like they're but, using them for what? What a bunch <laughs> of nerds! What do you mean like Monopoly? <laughs> well, I don't even what you can't even fish so with Monopoly, Monopoly pieces. <laughs> no no <laughs> fish would eat a thimble or a car. <laughs> What are them fish going to do with that money? Anyway, I'm um, stereotyping uh, <laughs> fishermen. Yeah. Anyway, so second expansion was the Underworld expansion, which uh, was kickstarted in March of 2019 and mm-hmm. is expected to ship on the 29th. I know you backed that, so have you I had any that, uh, uh, updates? By all accounts, it's all on track. Uh, nice. It's set to ship late November. should be here on time. I mean, to be fair, uh, Leader Games has a shitload of money at this point they've had multiple successful kickstarters like there's no reason they wouldn't be able to deliver this on time uh because even when it was in development uh, and on kickstarter it was still very much a it was a playable expansion at that point they were like yeah. print print it and play it you know they tweaked it since then but and and this is so key to kickstarters they had a working version of it when they put it on kickstarter yeah, and uh, that made I, th- in my opinion, that makes all the difference for delivery time. 
Plus, they don't have any like massive miniatures that they have to make in order to actually. <laughs> no, get it's it's set here's up. here's two more factions, and they had a bunch of other goodies that you could get, uh, like neoprene mats and resin clearing markers and extra exclusive uh, cards for one of the decks. You know, little things yeah. like that. But the expansion itself is like here's another box. It's got two more things and another board in it. That's the big thing is the new board. And then the last thing they did was they did actually do a tabletop RPG book. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think was kickstarted three months ago, something like that. Uh, Two yeah, months it, ago? It, it, it ended, uh, it, they started that, um, I want to say like s- summer or uh, uh, definitely summer, and uh, it okay. just finished not too long ago. I'm still seeing stuff about it. Um, uh, then, it may have even been later. It may have just now finished, like recently. Okay, and then you've mentioned his name multiple times, but uh, Patrick, is it lead air? Patrick Leader. Uh, Leader. It's Leader Games. Patrick Leader. He's the the. He's I trying to make him French. Owner. <laughs> Leader. Leader. Patrick Leader. <laughs> so <laughs> he, um, yeah, he's he's uh, uh one of the main designers and developers on the game. Um, there were other design and developers, and I do apologize. I didn't actually gather their information. Um, <laughs> when I was look, I saw him and I was like, that's fine. This is the now main I, name on there. Uh, it's it's well, no, right here. Uh, uh designer is Cole. I don't know how to say his last name. Werrell, Whirly, Whirly, um, is is who's listed for root. Uh, I don't know. I assume now. I've assumed that Patrick Leader was uh, uh working on development. I don't know that. Now I will also say that it's a very is it ad just his hoc, company? Very possibly. Very possibly, but uh, 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 Cole here, Cole Werley World W E H R L E for people that want to correct me and actually have the the correct information to look the guy up um, is is listed as the designer on the game, um, and uh, I, I know he's done some other stuff here. I don't know if he's done the other leader games. He did uh, Pax Premier. Uh, he did the Root Clockwork expansion. It looks like he did not do. Uh, the Riverfolk expansion, um, but if I'm being honest, I'm not totally clear on the design of Root because, in my opinion, uh, as important as the design of Root is the artist for Root, uh, which is Kyle Farron, who I do know, and his his art very much makes the game. Like if this was just like little Napoleonic soldiers or whatever, it would not be n- nearly as good of a game as it is uh, being cute woodland animals. Which right. I don't think we've even said that what the game is yet. The game is <laughs> Root, a game of woodland might and right. And I'm going to let you explain it just because you've uh, done a fairly good job whenever you're explaining it to me uh, so it is far. what is called an asynchronous war game. So you, uh, uh, between four, I think it supports up to six players, but usually, you know, between like two and four players, um will uh, select a faction. Now, those factions are asynchronous, and what that means is that they all play completely differently, um, all the way from one character who's basically just playing a single-player RPG where he plays one guy on the board doing quests and getting items, all the way up to a full-blown war war game, traditional risk war game-style faction, the Marquis de Cat. Uh, You've got... uh, faction that uses programming which is uh the the eerie dynasty uh you've got all these different factions that do different things and they all play on the same board at the same time and at first it's tremendously overwhelming because you sit down and it's weird if you've never played any synchronous game to sit down and realize that you don't know how the game works for anyone else yeah you know and it's disorienting because you're used to 
everyone playing by the same rules. And I will say that part of the joy of Root comes from these other factions having these abilities that you don't realize or you don't realize the power of, or I shouldn't say you, me. This was some of the enjoyment for me is playing the game and it almost feels like a real war because the other factions are legitimately pulling off stuff that you're like, oh my God, what? You did what? Oh my God, what? Wait, hold on. And then you stop and you go, explain it to me. And they explain it and you're like, holy shit. Well, and I, I like it also in the sense of, of uh, I guess, other other types of a, of a real war is kind of just the first time we played, like focusing on just your board, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of what I did whenever we first played, allowed me to win. So I didn't yeah. really, I didn't care what you were doing. As long as I was completing what I needed to do, right. that's what I was focused on. <laughs> The game is built such that you don't need to know what all the other factions are yeah. doing. And that's I mean, what if you're I like playing about like it. if you're playing like competitively, obviously, yes, you want to know all the factions. If you're in like a root league or something, yeah. But if you're just sitting down playing the game, you need to worry about your faction. And every now and then you'll have to ask another person, you'll go, Hey, how do I remove the such and such buildings that you're making? Or hey, how do I uh uh you know uh keep you from gaining troops? You'll have to ask them these questions. And they'll be like, oh, well, I gain troops by doing this, which is totally different than how you do it. And then you go, ah, okay, well, then I need to do this to block you, you know. So you kind of end up strategizing with each other. Obviously, uh, again, if you're playing hyper competitively or with jackasses, that would be problematic. As long as you're playing with reasonable people for fun. (laughs) Yeah, if you're playing with people and you're like, hey, how does that uh, ability work? And they're like, no, never tell you. You might fuck you. They you might find a new group. They also might be goblins judging by those voices so i would maybe seek out i'll never tell you <laughs> be god human um, i might look for a new group uh, but it is uh, at, its, at its core root is an asynchronous war game um in every faction is a faction of cute woodland animals and they have very cute little meeples little custom meeples and uh, beautiful cute picturesque very uh red wall uh-esque kyle farron art which is fantastic um, if you ever want to play Redwall the war game, this is it. You you got it. It's it's root. <laughs> um All right, so I think uh, I guess we'll we'll explain the factions. So the the main faction or the starting faction would be kind of the Marquis Cats. The the Marquis de Cat is uh their I call them the easiest faction because they're the easiest for people that know whenever I say war game, if your first thought is risk, then the Marquita cat will be the easiest for you to understand. It's very much an RTS. You've got units and on your turn, you can do so many actions unless you have special cards that give you more actions. And those actions are recruit everywhere. You have a recruitment post or get uh, materials everywhere. You have a sawmill to give you materials uh, or build items everywhere. You have a blacksmith. And so it's, it's very, uh, risk S in that you're just moving massive armies around. It's very uh, RTS-like if you've played a real-time strategy game where you're like, all right, well, I need to recruit guys, so I need to build a recruitment center, and now I can recruit yeah. more guys. And your goal is just kind of to build buildings and sweep across the board with your giant army. And you do start with uh, a huge army. You you are present in every single clearing in the entire board except for one, which is where... The next faction, the Eerie Dynasty, uh, and these are the birds that used to rule the forest until the cats came in and took it over, have been pushed all the way into this little shitty corner. corner. With, and yeah, into with like ex- four guys. And to kind of explain it a little bit, we're not going to go into um, 
heavy rules for each character mainly yeah, because be it's a huge pain and second because uh it'll make your head hurt <laughs> the, uh, the first time we played justin was like uh go online and watch a video on, on the faction and that you want to play and uh and just choose one and i didn't read the part where he told me to just choose one so i watched four <laughs> i watched four different youtube videos on each faction and was just yeah. like what the hell do i do in this game <laughs> What am I supposed to do? And finally, I'm like, I don't, I don't know what's happening. This game seems so complicated, and I don't want to play it. And he was just like, No, choose one faction. Yeah, just pick the one. And you don't even really got to understand it because, and this is what I tell everyone that I play this game. Um, you do have a little player board, a little tableau. Every faction does. And I tell people, and this is one of those things where when you sit down at the table, you go, Hey, I know it seems like a lot, but on your turn, just straight up read your faction board from the top. To the bottom and do everything it says and you will never mess up and the only times that people mess up is when the, they don't do that and they're getting in i've had or, players what <laughs> or when you're first playing the river folk and they're a little bit confusing they were first. a little weird um but you knew when we ran into problems and I, you weren't right. doing stuff wrong you were just hitting vocabulary and being like okay i don't quite understand this and then we'd look it up which i'm okay with that um right but I have had players that would get frustrated and I'd have to stop and go, no, 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 read your faction board. And they'd be like, I did. And I'd be like, no, stop and read it out loud Learn from to the read first. to the bottom. And then they'll do it and they'll go, oh, yeah, I missed that. You know, uh, so my number one <laughs> advice to anyone that wants to play this is when you're sitting down playing, seriously, just read your faction board. It tells you what to do. If you don't understand the vocabulary, look it up. But your board tells you. Yeah. Uh, the Eerie Dynasty is a, a programming game. Um, and it's meant to simulate the fact that the Eerie Dynasty fell to the Marquis de Cat. This is the lore of Root, by the way. Fell to the Marquis de Cat uh, because they're kind of um, uh, stuffy, old-style, uh, hyper-bureaucratic ways caused them to fall into ruin. And that's simulated in a programming game where every turn you're adding more actions to this little tableau you have. But every turn you have to do every single action on them. And if you have an action that's like, hey, attack here, but you don't have any guys to do it, then your entire tableau crumbles and you start fresh. You start start back over with it. And online, if you if you do go on and you want to look up YouTube videos for this on how to play, um, every person for the Eerie Dynasty makes the crumbling portion sound like the worst thing that could ever happen to you. Turmoil, and, it's called. Yeah, your your dynasty goes into turmoil. It's not that bad. Yeah, uh, it, it's one of those things where it. the first time playing it, you're like, I don't want to go into turmoil. Oh my god! But it it's fine. Well, and, uh, and then after the first time you do it, you're like, that wasn't a huge deal. And I went into turmoil like three times in the game that I won. Yeah. And the, I think the Eerie Dynasty is supposed to enter turmoil. That is how their faction is supposed to work. Because if they didn't go into turmoil, then by the end of the game, in the economy of actions within the game, they would have 15 actions per turn <laughs> and everyone else would have three. So yeah. if you're not entering turmoil, then you're an amazing eerie player kudos to you uh and you will also win tremendously quickly because you are doing <laughs> f four or five times more actions than anybody else every turn so it it is supposed to happen and, and you're right i don't think enough videos have been like hey whenever you can't do one of your actions you enter tor turmoil and you start over and they don't follow it up with that's supposed to happen yeah <laughs> you do that a lot um third we've got the woodland alliance which is uh like mice and foxes the Woodland Alliance is is comprised. So it, it the hardest part to explain about the game is that it is suited. So there are four suits. You've got uh, birds, mice, 
foxes, and bunnies. And these are the creatures that live in the forest that are not part of a faction. And uh, whenever you look at all the cards, they've got these types of critters on them. Uh, and the idea is that the Woodland Alliance is made up of the common folk that inhabit the, the, the board of Root. So it's, it is uh, uh, mice and uh, foxes and, and rabbits. Yeah. Uh, the Woodland Alliance is a weird... They're a rebel faction. Uh, the idea is that these are the people that are think, toiling think away. Think the Rebel Alliance. <clears throat> yeah, very much. And they gain sympathy, and they start with no presence on the board, and they start gaining sympathy, and they basically incite riots and take people's clearings, their areas that they've claimed, and they flip them against them, and then suddenly their army will spring up out of nowhere, which is to simulate a, a revolt uh, uh, within that that little area. And uh, they're, uh, I would say, of in my experience, they're the trickiest faction to play because they're kind of the hardest to wrap your head around. Uh, they're a little strange, and it's especially unnerving when you sit down at the board and you go, all right, where do I put my guys? And they go, nowhere. You, you don't fucking have any guys on the board. Just yeah. <laughs> keep them over there. <laughs> have you played them um, yet? I've played them t- twice. Okay. Yeah. Um, I still don't get them. Uh, they are. They're, they're hard. Um, but they are also allegedly um, the most powerful faction because they are kind of obtuse, but they can really run away with the game because, again, they just, they'll just they just pop up in your clearing. They're like, here's my army. And you're like, but that was my clearing. And they're like, yeah, no, we killed your guys. They're not, they're not there anymore. Um, and they're very resilient. And because like the Marquis de Cat, because it's a standard war machine, you see him coming. You're like, all right, he's over there in that clearing. He's heading this way. The Woodland Alliance is like, we're here now. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're just kind of screwed. <laughs> and yeah, and you can kind of see every every faction at least that we've yeah. played so far coming coming from a mile away. Um, right. Fourth, you've got the Vagabond, which is the solo character that's kind of more in the Dungeons and Dragons going around, um, kind of doing just side quests and missions and trading the, with each faction. The Vagabond is... is... Uh, in my opinion, the Vagabond is the most innovative part of this entire game. The Vagabond is an amazing faction. He sounds the Vagabond just sounds so interesting, and I wanted fun. to play the Vagabond for a while, but we haven't had enough yeah. people. <laughs> the Vagabond is is a blast. So it's literally you play one miniature on the board. You can never be killed, and you can move through forests, which no other faction can. And you can show up, and you do these quests. And as you do the quest, you're awarded items that make you more powerful. And other factions are always crafting items to get victory points. And you can buy items from them. And you build up these relationships. You have a little relationship meter. And you get higher and higher relationship with these factions that benefits you. And then you can also just start killing their dudes. And they can never kill you. But they can destroy all your items and drive you off into the woods. That's the worst thing that can happen. Um, the Vagamon, I, I've, in my experience with Root, I've reserved for the player that's like, oh man, I don't know about war games. I just kind of want to play board. I don't know if I, I've got the head for this. And I'm like, how about you're just one dude and you just run through the forest stabbing guys and going to dungeons. And they're like, oh yeah, I'll do that. And <laughs> the, for those players, they've loved it because we're all playing this crazy war game. And they're like, hey, I'm here. I'm going to buy a sword from you and I'm going to kill your guy. I'll see you later. I'm going to the forest. It's just it's just so fun. Uh, uh, it's just a fantastically fun uh, uh, faction. Very very cool. Uh, I guess next we'll talk about the Riverfolk, which is uh, probably my new favorite faction that we played. 
Yeah, and we um, should know that those those four we just noted those are the base game. If you buy just base root base game, that's the base game factions, which all they're all spectacular. They're fun. Um, uh, River River Folk was was weird. Uh, I've never played I, them, so I'm gonna let you explain. I, I, I liked it a lot. So the River Folk are basically uh, mercenaries, traders, um, and I guess merchants, ferrymen. Yeah, they're they're merchants. So your your yeah. whole point. And this game is to is to get victory points. That's how you win, is by completing certain actions, you gain victory points to win the game. And the way that Riverfolk, while the uh, Erie and the Marquis kind of gain victory points from building and fighting each other, the Riverfolk, you can fight, but you don't really have to. I don't think I fought yeah. any, of, any of your people the entire time that I was playing. I feel um, like it would rarely benefit you. Like if you're if you were really being targeted down and people were like, because that's the thing is, I mean, if if river, if, if yeah, one of you guys ahead. if one of you guys started beating down on my guys, then yeah, I I could come at you and take a turn and take right. out some of your guys and be like, calm down, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> besides the the only reason I'm winning is because you guys keep buying stuff from me. Right. Well, but here's the thing is, and this is what we ran into in our game is you were winning because we kept buying stuff from you every turn, but whichever player didn't buy stuff from you would fall behind everyone yep and that that was the difficulty <laughs> is that you know in your head you're like andrew's winning i just won't buy stuff from him and then i'm like well wait but 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 don's buying stuff so he, he's he's gonna have a leg up on me because he's buying stuff well i mean i'm gonna buy some stuff and then in your head you're like well i, I don't want to buy so much stuff that i make andrew win i just want to buy enough stuff that i i can win it's really you end up fighting with yourself and it's it's fascinating so for for the river folk the what you can purchase is is everyone has a, a hand of cards and yeah. the river folk their cards are always showing and you can purchase them for however many soldiers you want to spend um, yeah so the currency is you giving dudes and then you use yeah. the dudes to uh perform actions yeah and then i use the guys to perform actions as money um, the other things you can purchase, the river folk are the only people that can, uh, travel across rivers. But mm -hmm. if you purchase a raft, you can travel across the rivers through the river folk. You can also use river folk, uh, soldiers as mercenaries to fight your wars with you. Yeah. Um, what I find fascinating about them, and I, I think this is the master stroke for the river folk is that every turn you set your prices for all the services you have. And yep. that that changes it from a faction where you're like, oh, I'm just kind of this neutral faction to a faction that can really put heat onto people, you know. Um, and that's the thing is you can't if you if you set all your prices at four dudes in order to use one thing, no one's yeah. ever going to buy from you because it costs too much. But if you like every turn, I I started doing a thing where I was like, I'm going to do a deal every turn or something <laughs> yeah, <your> sale, <laughs> something one of the three items cost either one or two. And uh, I think I, I didn't do it one turn and you guys like complained. Yeah, we were like, where's the sale? What the F? Because I mean, my fact, I'd been heavily relying on it and I ended up winning. And I think that's the first game of Root I've ever won. Um, it was, yeah. It, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, 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 and I was close. I was like three, three victory points close. away. And it's, uh, it's, it's fascinating, uh, honestly, having the river folk in the game because you can really kind of you don't even have to say anything all you have to do to influence the game the way you want is to just set your prices accordingly you know if you're looking and you're like man faction a has a lot more dudes and is moving in on my territory and everyone else's territory and is winning but faction b doesn't have enough dudes but surely they would mount an offensive if they did 
and then you just make dudes cheap. Faction A doesn't need dudes. They're not going to hire any mercenaries. Yeah. But Faction B is immediately going to go, I will hire all of your mercenaries, good sir. And then all of a sudden, you've influenced the board, and you've said nothing. You've done nothing. You've done no bargaining. You just slid a little bead around on your thing. And I was like, wait, that costs one? Yeah, I'm doing that. <laughs> You're basically like a, a weapons <laughs> merchant. And I yeah. think the, the thing that I learned pretty quick is that you want to be as it pays to be as impartial as possible because then on the outside, but yeah, because both factions then want to spend money in order to use you. Yeah. Um, It also introduced bluffing into the game, which was interesting. A a thing that wasn't previously in the game really. Oh, by Uh, bluffing. Do you mean I'm not going to use it this turn? So Don didn't purchase anything. And then you bought a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Where, well, you know, I would have this like fake war room meeting with Don and be like, okay, Andrew's ahead. We got to stop buying stuff from him. We got to stop, you know, and then Don went before me and then he wouldn't buy anything. And I'd be like, okay, I want to buy everything that you have for all my guys. <laughs> um, so, it, you know, it, it's interesting. It, it, it introduces very um, realistic war tactics, things where you're like, oh yeah, we're not dealing with that country anymore. And then you turn around and deal with them in like this backhanded way. You know, it, 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 it really adds a, a really interesting, uh, uh, wrinkle to the game i think the the we, river folk do we did forget to mention for the vagabond they are um they are like beavers and trash pandas um yeah raccoons uh yeah. river folk are wait otters. no andrew uh, no <laughs> um and then we're about to get into the the three other factions that we haven't really played and yeah. don't know uh, a whole lot about <laughs> lizard folk comes in the box they are um, and I'm going to say this, and I want to contextualize it first. Um, this is, when I say this, I mean among people that are hardcore root players that have played dozens of games, Lizard Folk are considered the weakest faction. Um, and again, if you're not playing the game three dozen times per year, you're yeah. probably not good enough to even notice the power gradient between these factions. And that's a really key thing for any game, you know. Uh, any game where you sit down and someone's like, well, that's the least powerful faction. And you go, yeah, but it's both our first times. Do we, are we even going to notice that? Is it even going to come into play? Because a faction, a faction's inherent objective power only comes into play when you are playing them as efficiently as possible, which is a hard place to get to with root. But the lizard folk is a cult. And literally they build gardens and they, uh, sacrifice people to win the game. And that's that's their whole shtick is that they're trying to build these these little cult gardens. They bring people into their cult. They get more followers and then they kill them. And I have not played with the lizard folk, so I cannot speak much to them. I cannot either. Um, All right. <laughs> then the next one is coming in the expansion. They haven't been released yet. It's the the Corvid conspiracy, which are a bunch of yeah. crows. It looks crows. like. And then the the Great Duchy, which are the moles. Uh, yeah. I, I will say I know, I intentionally know almost nothing about these factions. Um, I do know the Corvid Conspiracy is um, like an underhanded uh, kind of like shadow faction is, is how they're kind of billed. Uh, the Great Duchy seems kind of like an enigma to me. I'm not really sure what to expect from them. There is a separate do board, an like an underground, underground board. board. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious to see how that plays out. But I've kept myself mostly in the dark because I do want to go into it. Uh, uh, fresh whenever I do get the expansions. So I've, I've, I know little about them because they're not out yet. Yeah. And I've, I've been trying to save it so I can enjoy the expansion more. 
Well, we'll talk. Um, so I do want to talk about first impressions. So that's all of the factions so far, I believe. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know if I miss any. There is the uh, automated Marquis de Cat, which is right an automated system. No player plays it. It's just there, so that way you have a third faction. Um, yeah, or and a the, second the Kickstarter. If you're playing one player, the Kickstarter has also they've tested and created automated factions for every faction now, uh, and they have also tweaked. Oh, nice the player boards so that they they've they've rebalanced the game so like i just said the lizard folk with the new rebalance they are not going to be an objectively uh weaker choice for experienced players they they they're very much treating this like a real competitive game and they're worried about game balance and 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 uh, availability of power and and things like that to every faction which to leader games is credit great on them i mean they didn't need to it's literally a war game about foxes stabbing birds like they could have just been like it's a game who cares if they're the weaker faction no one's gonna play but that I, much i mean that's just the theming i would say i mean it's a very solid game when it when you get down to it no matter the right theme. yeah <laughs> don't get me wrong um, um but first impressions so first impressions i did want to say um at first sight this did seem like a very obtuse and uh difficult game from everything that you were showing me and you kind of showed mm-hmm. me i think at your house first yeah and uh you're like well we don't really have time to play it but this is the game that i just got and it's really fun mm-hmm. um and i was like well it looks like like looks like a bunch of cutesy creatures looks mm-hmm. kind of cool um and then i think once we decided that we were actually were going to play it and i started reading well not reading going to youtube and watching all the rules uh Jesus, that game is seems complicated on the outside when you're trying to learn everything. Yeah, um, yeah, because you you should not. It's not. It's like going into a, a tournament fighting video game and being like, I'm gonna learn every character first before I play. And it's like, don't, don't yeah. fucking do that. That's, That's a terrible idea. <laughs> um, but it, and I mean, the first time we played it, I played it the the Eerie Dynasty, the birds. Um, I won the first game, didn't I? If I remember right. Uh, yeah, you did the win the first game. Now, uh, Root is, by all accounts, not it, people. This is where you get into the hyperbole that you find on the internet. People say that Root is a bad game at two players. It's not. It's not nearly as good as it is at three players. But it's a completely serviceable, enjoyable two-player war game. If yeah. that's what you, if that's what you're down for. Now, you lose a lot of the interaction of having multiple factions, but we just played Marquis de Cat versus Eerie Dynasty. It was a very enjoyable time. The game lasted about an hour, and it was a pretty straightforward uh, war game. What? It lasted almost two hours when we played. Lasted almost two hours <laughs> <laughs> for for that, and I think that's because we had talked about then we wanted to play it again at board game day, but we were going to knock down the VP time to like fifteen or twenty, I think. Right. Yeah. Because um, yeah, yeah, it because yeah. it took way too much time, and then when we played it with Don, it took about two hours as well. Um, mm-hmm because we were playing through pair I, I guess it's just it should really be just like a two-hour board game or we're yeah, doing pretty it much. wrong <laughs> I, I mean <laughs> when when we played our two-player game it was a good time but when we played the three-player game it was it really is elevated so we don't listen to people say something like if you're buying it to exclusively play two-player no there are way better two-player war games out yeah. there but if you have it and you want to play it and you only got two people it's still fun it's still yeah. root you know um and then I would say the river folk really, really are my favorite character, my favorite uh, faction. So yeah. if we, and this is, this is the hardest part about the game is the next time you play, 
you're going to go, well, I want to do the river folk again. They're fun. And they're well, going to go, oh, yeah. <laughs> you're going you're to go, oh, yeah, I've not played four of the other factions yet. Well, it's that. And, and it's also the next time we play, if we play two players again, the river folk doesn't really make sense. True. Very true. So, I mean, they could. I don't know. I'd be interested. Because, I, I mean, theoretically, <laughs> with an theoretically you can play any faction versus any faction and you can throw in yes an automated third player let's um, do this automated cat marquee i play the river folk and you're the vagabond um yeah that actually be kind of fun i think <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's one of those games where it, it's like it, it's like legos you can put them together any way you want it might be dumb and not really make sense and be kind of weird or maybe even le- slightly less fun but it's technically gonna work it's yeah. just going to be weird. It's just going to be one of those games where halfway through you're like, let's role play this. I don't know. It's getting weird. Just <laughs> uh, Well, what was uh, what's your first impressions? Because you're the one that bought the game. Um, my first thing, I watched a video on it and I was like, absolutely not a game for me. No. Um, uh, a game that is best with three plus, that is an asynchronous war game, that is a heavy game, that is a hard to find game, that is expensive. No, not for me. I don't like it. I don't want it. I'm, I'm over it. Pass. And then for whatever reason, it just kept sticking in my head and the game kept getting so much praise that I kept looking at it. And then finally I bought it because I was like, well, it's 50 bucks. And it, it was also, uh, uh, I, I had a board game day coming up and I had multiple people coming over and I was like, I'll get it, I'll learn it and we'll play it on my board game day. And my board game day came and nobody even looked at the game before they showed up. They had no <laughs> idea. They're like, I don't know what it is. Teach us. And we played two back-to-back four-player games, I believe. And it was a little rough um, and it got a, a little heated at moments. Um, <laughs> and I came out of it being like, that was fun, but it was really intense and re- like really long. Should have um, played Conan. I, I yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know how I feel about it, but something kept drawing me back to the game, and it was just the versatility of having all these different factions and different ways to play in different configurations, and and um, it's it's just so different every time you play it that it kept coming back to it and uh, uh, started to enjoy it more. We played our two player game, and I got a little bit better grasp on. Uh, the different factions and how they you, you kind of start to learn there is a little bit of common language between all factions and you do start to kind of learn that and when you do learn that common language it makes it easier to jump between factions explain factions and learn new factions um and i think our most recent game our three-player game with don you were the river folk i was the eerie dynasty and don was the marquita cat um that was the one that i think really sold me on the game uh because the first two games we played was just the base game, no expansion. Mm-hmm. So it was the same four factions twice. And the games were different, but still felt kind of samey because it's the same four factions. But when we played that game with Don, I was sitting there and I realized that the last three games I played, which was my four-player base game game, our two-player game, and then this three-player game with one of the expansion uh, factions, those three games were so dramatically different that they might as well be completely different board games. They just top to bottom were different. Um, in, in that, I think 
that is what really sold me hard on the game. And I was like, yes, I do want to play more Root. I want to play it in weird configurations with weird factions that don't make sense. Yeah, okay, cool. Let's play Vagabond versus Vagabond with the River Folk. That sounds dumb and weird. I don't know if it'll work, but man, I want to play it. It's just two Vagabonds buying shit and stabbing each other in the woods. Okay, sure. Who, ca who cares? Um, and uh, uh, that's when I really kind of um, got excited about kind of playing with the game and, and getting weird with it and and because that's how i enjoy games is whenever i can and i think that's uh I'm, I'm just gonna sound like a broken record that's why i enjoy games like conan so much is that you can really kind of break it and get weird with it and kind of do it however you want and it's still the game and it's still enjoyable and, and yeah. root has that same uh ability once you've kind of learned the common language of root uh to to start getting into it that way so i i uh first impressions it it felt almost too much like a stuffy war game with four players base game factions etc 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 except for our one player that was just this weird raccoon that was just killing people and running through the woods again um but subsequent games made me realize that it is much more dynamic than that it, it i mean the two games that i played because we didn't really have any of that uh that that fight between each other animosity like really shows kind of the how dynamic that game is. Mm -hmm. um, I, I do want to go into the things that we like about the game. Yeah. I want to say, first off, um, because I, I've lost... I've only played two games. You've mm -hmm. played more, way more than I have. Um, yeah. I've lost one game, one one game, and even, I would say, even when you're losing, it's a fun game. Right. And that's what I... One of the things I enjoy about it. Um, the yeah. other thing is is the, the game can change in a single turn. So I think I had uh, it's thirty victory points to win. Mm -hmm. I had twenty seven or twenty six. Was yeah. about to win the game. <laughs> Justin in, in our last game, Justin had like twenty four, and then jumped up to thirty in one turn. Yeah. So the the game can really just turn on a dime. Anyone can win. Um, except for Don and I will say as this, the cats. Had I, yeah, had I not entered entered turmoil the turn before as the Eerie, I would not have won because the only reason I won was because I was able to. I had my Eerie Fresh specialty start. that that my Eerie specialty that let me um, get full points for crafting items because the Eerie do they have a disdain for trade. They don't like crafting things, so they get less points for crafting stuff. But I had a special leader because I had just gone through turmoil that gave me full points for crafting, and that's how I won the game. I was like, I make this sword, I win, ha ha! Yeah. So the the game is constantly changing. I mean, it can, like I said, the the the, the game itself can change turn by turn, um, and in each faction playing so differently, but yet those those individual factions not changing. Um, it's just a, it's a very interesting game to play, and it's it's yeah. a lot of fun. It seems heavy at first, but I feel like once you get uh, honestly, like once you get about twenty thirty minutes into the game, is when you start kind of getting into your groove and you realize what you're supposed to do. Even when you're playing a mm -hmm. brand new faction you've never seen before, um, it, it's just a, a dynamic game. It is one of those games where as you're playing it, you keep going, oh, because right. you've been staring at these little sections of your board for 30 minutes and you're like, and then finally you break down and you're like, okay, what what does this even do? This makes no sense. And then someone goes, oh, it's that. And you're like, oh, and it all makes sense. And, it, and that one piece clicking, everything else clicks and all of a sudden the gears start turning. And, and I do like you had a moment with um, the river folk and I don't remember what it was, but I was like, no, no, no. 
You're like, how do I even get my guys back? I don't even understand. And I go, no. At the end, you clear them all off. Clear them off the board is what it says. And you were like, oh, and it just it clicked and made sense. And it was, and then all of a sudden you're like wheeling and dealing, you know, and, and right. it just everything fell into place. Um, I do love the game because I like, uh, in all forms of game, uh, video games, board games, whatever, I like engines. And engine building games are very popular, uh, in especially in board games. The problem is that engine building games also have kind of a long lead up. And Root feels like I'm jumping into the end game of an engine building game. Like I'm jumping right into the end with an already fully functioning engine that has been built up. And I'm playing with that, if if that makes sense. Um, like uh, uh, compared to like a game like Scythe, where you start relatively low power. And then as the game goes on, you're building this bigger and bigger engine, which I enjoy and is... Scythe is a fantastic game, and it's very satisfying and fun. Um, this is like jumping straight into the end game of Scythe, though, uh, which sometimes you want that build-up. Sometimes you're like, no, I just kind of want to play a chill board game, but then by the end of it, I want to be all of us standing up and screaming and sweating and freaking out. Sometimes you want that curve, um, but then other times you're like, I just don't feel like starting back at zero on that game. I just want to like get in and go, and Root is like jumping into a war game Ferrari. You just jump in, and you're just, and you go, and you're off. Um, maybe I maybe I just haven't played a, a lot of board games because I don't feel that way myself. Or I mean, not, you, not you, board games, or war games. Yeah. Um. Uh. It's just that your your power stays relatively static throughout route. Now, even the factions like the Marquis de Cat, they get a little more actions near the end, but it's not a tremendous amount. You know. Um. Everyone's kind of what they are at the beginning of the game you know and then certainly some factions mm-hmm. are more built around building up power but it's not building an engine you're not finding a way to build efficiently woodland alliance kind of is i guess i don't know all the factions are so different it's hard to honestly even talk about the game as a whole um but that's part of the reason i like it uh yeah. it, it is a, a game of constant and strange discoveries and I, I i very much enjoy it and i love the aesthetic it's one of the few board games that every time i'm playing it someone comes over and they go what is this these foxes what are you doing and i'm like we're killing each other and they're like <laughs> what are those cats yeah like I, someone always asks about root it's just a very visually engaging game and it's it's a tremendous amount of fun well cool uh do you have any i mean there are some problems with the game i don't honestly honestly don't know about problems with the game i haven't run into anything that's been game breaking for me yeah i do well, go ahead. It it costs money. It should be free. Uh, so that's not fair. Everyone should own it. You should be issued <laughs> oh, okay. a copy of Root. Now, I <laughs> really, um, I'm not a huge fan of VP as a win condition. So you you you're gaining these points to win the game, and and to parallel it with something like Conan, like Conan finishes because you have an objective, and that objective always drives you into some kind of standoff or fight or boss battle or some climactic event, right? Right. But Root, you're just kind of going along and you're having these events. And sometimes in a Root game, there are these climactic battles or these events or these moments. But then they're not necessarily at the end. They're just kind of peppered throughout the game. They could be at the end. Maybe not. And then uh, all of a sudden, someone just goes, ah, I win. And you're like, oh, <laughs> uh, oh, okay. Help me put it up. And it, it just, it's just kind of... Um, it's, it's a game that's about the journey, not the destination. And yeah. it's one of those things where 
it's just kind of anticlimactic uh where like when we were playing me you and don were sitting there and everyone's getting real close and it's getting kind of tense and we're all having kind of some tense moments and tough decisions and all of a sudden i just go well uh i win and there wasn't a great standoff or a battle and there was nothing you could do you know you're just like oh you win. I mean, I guess that's a, that's kind of like a personal preference because I'm I'm used to playing mm. VP based games, so I yeah that doesn't bug if, me. If VP doesn't bother you in in that, because th- there's games with VPs, there's it you can't have an arc, and I like having an arc in my game yeah. where you're kind of building up, you know, uh, and and you can see someone heading toward victory and getting there. Like a game like Inish does that really well, you know, right. where you have like kind uh, of a, sort of a story that's happening. Right, you're you're building up, and there's these battles and stuff, and then all of a sudden goes, I take the pretender token. And you're like, oh my god, he wins next turn. How does how is he winning? What is happening? And it leads to these these <laughs> climactic uh, events and these showdowns, these moments, or at the very least, arguing or something. Uh, and something like root, it's just it's like we're both at 29 VPs, we're sweating it, and then all of a sudden I'm like, well, I win. And you're like, okay, <laughs> you know. Um, because when you're right there at the end, you're going to find the easiest VP you can get. You're not going to take a chance on a climactic battle or anything. You're just going right. to be like, I craft a teapot, and now I win the game. I guess I mean, I guess the only problem that I really have with it is that the, the game does have a pretty steep learning curve, but I mm-hmm. f- also feel like I can't really talk about it since I like Batman so much, and that has the <laughs> largest learning curve for a board game that I've ever played. That has a learning curve like a brick wall. Yeah. That's, it's just like straight you have to up. climb a mountain in order to, <laughs> to get that game going. Um, um, but th- that said, I still like Root. Um, uh, I, I, I really... Um, Again, some games you play are just going to be uh, a little anticlimactic by the end because that's just how they are. So in, enjoy the tense moments you do have along the way, you know, because it might be yeah. one of those things where you guys are having this huge three, four way battle and then all of a sudden it's over. But then the game goes on for four or five more turns and then someone wins by crafting a teapot and you're like, oh, would have been cool <laughs> to end up that battle. That would have been more like, you know, uh, adrenaline pumping. But I guess the teapot's cool. It's a good teapot, you know. Yeah. Congrats I wish on all your wars were, were won that way. <laughs> I won World War II, guys. I crafted this teapot. Uh, we had a big battle. Then nothing happened for a while. And I was like, look, I made these boots. And they were like, well, you're clearly better than us. So you just... <laughs> um, well, where to find this game? Uh, Justin does say that they are going to reprint it. Currently, if you yeah. have to have it right now, you can get it on Amazon or eBay or maybe on a Board Game Geek trade. Um, but it is... Uh, you're not. You're going to be hard-pressed to find it for under $100. So if yeah. you do come across it in the wild in a in a board game shop and you want to have it, I, I would say definitely pick it up. I would also phrase it like, well, I see, because here's the thing. Um, if you're someone who's like, no, I want the updated faction boards, wait for the next printing that I believe should include them. Okay. Um, uh, be, be, because if, if you're someone that's like, no, I, I really do want to play this game a lot. I, I anticipate myself heavily getting into it and I do want to have the most balanced factions I can. Yeah, definitely wait for that. If you're like me and you're like, I don't know, I'll play it two, three times a year and probably forget half of it in between. It doesn't matter. You're not going to be playing at a high enough level for it to matter. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I, 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 I'd say, um, I mean, really, it's not even that they're going to reprint it. They are reprinting it. That's just allocated for their Kickstarter. That's that's where it's all going right now. You know. Right. Um, so if, if you can wait for it, then do. If you can't, then uh, don't. Then then don't. Um, (laughs) I would say it's worth it if you can pick it up and you're interested in playing it and you have a board game group of at least one other person that you like playing board games with 
Yeah. Um, I would say it's it's worth it. I'd say if you've got a, a group of people, uh, um, if you can regularly game with three or more people that like medium to heavyweight games and like war games, it's it's such an easy sell. It's just a great asynchronous war game. Um, if you're uh, kind of like me where you almost exclusively play two-player game days, maybe maybe not you know uh, uh maybe I mean, I, if, it, if it means anything i'm glad you have it and i enjoy playing it even right. when it's two-player i mean i'm glad that you're glad i have it too um <laughs> I, I will say this because i've not played with the automated factions very much um uh, so for all i know two players with an automated faction is a wonderful experience so if you're playing i, I let me rephrase my answer if you're an almost exclusively two-player gamer explore the two players with an automated faction scenario and what that looks like and how people are enjoying that before you jump into the game, maybe. Yep. Well, cool. Well, thank you all for listening. I think we'll go ahead and cut it off there. If you do have any questions for us, we are in the Discord. You can reach us there. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram. We'll have a couple pictures that we'll put up for there if Justin will uh, take those pictures for me. Oh, and, I see. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah huh? There it is. Yeah, there it is. Do it. <laughs> um, so you can find us there. We also have a Facebook. You can find us on Podbean and also at www.boardgamebarbarians.com. Um, thank you all for listening. And as always, remember what is best in life. Board games. It's board games. It's board games. Like Monopoly and Sorry. Those and are the only ladders. that matter. Jenga and Mancala, uh, those sexy dice that tell you what to do to each other. That's my uh, favorite. That's, that's that's what's best in life. <laughs> Sorry, I, ru- I ruined your outro. It's board that's games. Okay. It's board games. <laughs> Good night.